Praise God. God is a good God. Amen. Amen. Hope everyone's doing good today. Just want to say a couple of things about the LED screen. Um, I mean, we just barely got it, got it up. And I want to thank all, all, all our team that's worked really hard this week to get this up for this Sunday morning. Um, amen. We're a little limited on, on things. We only have so many backgrounds right now. Actually, it's not even really like it needs to be. We had, had to kind of rig some things or whatever. So we'll, we'll get things worked out. Um, but one thing we have found out is because of the screen, the brightness of the screen, now we've got to add more lights. So we need more money to add more lights, but that's okay. It's going to look good. And then because now the LED screen's so bright, those screens aren't as bright. So eventually we're going to make those LEDs um, at some point in time. Amen? Progress. All right. I mean, we've been, we've been praying for years for the screen. So, you know, it's here. Um, and we're excited about what it's going to allow us to do. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, um, verse 24, I should say Bibles or devices. A lot of you probably um, have a device. Anyway, this is Paul talking. Um, he says this, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my, my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now notice that Paul says that he's going to finish his race with joy. And we should all try to finish our race with joy. But you know what? If you lose joy while you're running your race, you can't finish with joy. Um, it seems that a lot of us, a lot of times, lose our joy, or we, 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 at least we don't act like we're joyful, um, because of situations, circumstances, you know, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes people think, well, you know, the Apostle Paul, he doesn't understand. He doesn't deal with all the stuff I, I, I deal with. He doesn't have to, you know, concentrate on all the stuff. He doesn't have his inflation. So let's look at the Apostle Paul's life. Let's see what he had to deal with. Second Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, reading from the New Living Translation, he says this, are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number. I can't even remember how many times they've been whipped. All right. And faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night in a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from, from rivers and from robbers. I have faced dangers from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced dangers in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I have faced dangers from men who claim to be believers, but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep, um, keep me warm. Then besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. So you think your life is rough. I mean, don't tell me that you can't be joyful in the middle of your trials if this is what he went through. I mean, how many times have you been in prison? How many times have you been left in for, for dead? 
How many times have you been beaten? I'm not talking about your weapons that some of you guys got, you know, whenever you were a kid. You know, I got a few of those myself with the paddle, the heat for the seat that you can actually buy at a truck stop in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, I don't know. Was that where it was? I don't know where it was. My parents found truck stops, you can find anything. They found a little paddle called heat for the seat. And so um, we, we went back and bought more actually one time. Um, um, really, it had a paddle that said the heat for the seat on the, on the thing. So, um, you know, I got whipped a bunch of, not a bunch, a couple of times, but not like the Apostle Paul. I mean, you realize he took the 39 stripes five times. I mean, you know, and he kept his joy. I mean, he kept his joy. So what is our excuse? A lot of times, you know, it seems with the economy, with this, with that, that that people aren't happy, that people aren't aren't joyful. Now, uh, you know, I always kind of, kind of joke about children's church. Anyone go to children's church when they were a kid? You know, I was happy to know it. Clap your hands. So if, you, if you're not happy, just start clapping your hands and you'll get happy. <laughs> or we used to sing the song, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. So whenever you don't feel joyful, maybe you should start singing that song. You know, it, I don't know why we don't have joy because we have the greater one on the inside. And, um, you know, but, but there are many... Christians, many people that are not very joyful right now. Now, I get it. You know, at seven in the morning, I'm probably not joyful either, okay? <laughs> but that's kind of a joke. Um, some of you are probably morning people. I'm, I'm a night person. I can stay up late, but morning time, I'm not maybe as joyful. Um, but we should always be joyful because the greater one lives on the inside. Most of us know the scripture, James 1, 2, says this, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, it doesn't say it will be joyful. Then we need to count it as joyful. Um, the New Living says this way, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. See, it's another opportunity to, to have joy. I mean, you have two choices. You can have joy or you can just cry and get mad and get upset. The Passion Translation says it this way. It says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing, facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. The reason that you can experience joy whenever you're going through trials, because the joy of the Lord is not dependent on what you're going through, but the joy of the Lord is knowing that whatever you're going through, the Lord is going to get you through it. The Lord is going to move you beyond it. The Lord is going to get you to the place that you need to be so you can have joy even when everybody else does not. See, my joy is not dependent on my circumstances around me. It's not dependent on on the bills I might have or or the situations I go through. That's not my joy. My joy is in the joy of the Lord. Now, I... You know, I, I know we, we sing songs like this joy I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away, like things like that. But we act like the world takes it away. 
See, you know, actions speak louder than words. How do you act? Do you act joyful? Do you act happy when you're going through trials or do you act mad? You know, you know I can tell how some of you act because I got Facebook. I can see your comments or, or well, it used to be Twitter. Now it's called X for whatever reason. Um, you know, you know, a lot of people aren't really joyful. Or when, well, well, you know what that person did to me? Who cares what they did to you? What's, what's the matter? Are we in second grade? You know what they said about me? Who cares? I mean, we're not in high school, not in second grade. We're, we're not, you know, I mean, nobody's getting cooties or anything. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, you're an adult. Yeah, but they were mean. That's life. I know you, if you happen to be of the younger generation, you can't handle mean people. So <laughs> I don't think I had a coach one that, that, would, be, that would still be coaching if they, in, the 20, in the 21st century. <laughs> I mean, our coaches weren't really, really nice all the time. I guess they loved us, but I don't know. Anyway, according to the Webster's Dictionary, joy is the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying, keen pleasure or elation. See, joy, normal joy happens because something you know, in your life is, is awesome, like you, you got a new car. Or I should say it like Price is Right. A new car! Anyway, um, anyway, something happened. Or, you know, there's going to be some people this afternoon with a lot of joy that their team is going to the Super Bowl. And there's going to be some, te- some people with not a lot of joy because their team lost. Well, just thank God you're not a Dallas Cowboy fan. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I know the Cowboys have been a dynasty, but it's been a long time since the Cowboys made the Super Bowl. They tricked us this year. Then they give us a playoff to go back to their old, their old self. So there's always next year and the next and the next. Anyway, but I'm happy for, for you guys that are, that are fans of the, of the Detroit Lions. Um, you know, I mean, they actually made it second time ever to the um, NFC championship game. So that's always good. Now, you know, an, another um, definition of joy is a state of happiness. And happiness and joy are synonyms. Um, synonyms mean, mean they mean, you know, the same thing. But worldly happiness and biblical joy are not the same. And the thing about it is, is we're looking for worldly happiness, and we don't understand we already have biblical joy. Now, the way you, you get more joy is you do what Paul told Timothy, you stir, stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. Now, worldly happiness is based on circumstances, but um, biblical joy is despite circumstances. It doesn't matter what's going on. Do you realize the thing about it is Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you no matter what's going on? I tell you what, you know, if you're having trials and tribulations and and things going on in, in the world, some of your friends will leave you because you're a liability, you know, things like that. Jesus is not going to leave you. He's not going to leave you in the middle of your mess. He's going to make sure you get through it. Now, um, worldly happiness is, is, um, is us focused, but um, biblical joy is kingdom focused. See, you have to put your mind in the right place. It's not about you. It's not about what you're going through. It's about how good your God is. See, a lot of us, basically, we're just selfish. 
If it's good for us, that's good, that's good enough. You know, but the thing about it is, is biblical joy, we focus in on the Lord. We focus in on what he's done for us and, and what he's going to continue to do for us and not our circumstances and where we're at. Um, worldly happiness is a reaction to accomplishments, achievements, or material gain. But biblical joy comes from a place of gratitude, praise, and confidence. You know, well, we can praise God in the worst of times. I mean, well, think about Paul and Silas. You know, they were there in prison, and they begin to praise God. And what happened? The prison was shaken. Things change if you praise God. Things can change if you praise God in spite of stuff. In fact, sometimes when you feel like crying, instead of crying, just praise God because he has your answer. Amen. Going on, um, um, worldly happiness is a feeling. Remember, feelings are fleeting. Um, Biblical joy is a state of being. It's there all the time. It doesn't matter what's going on. I can have joy in the middle of the worst times because I know who I am in Christ Jesus. Worldly happiness is looking to earthly things. Biblical joy is viewing from a heavenly perspective. See, when you look at things from a heavenly perspective, it doesn't look that big a deal. Doesn't look that that big a deal. You You know, a lot of people are, Sometimes trying to figure out, well, how, I'm go- how am I going to make it? I, I actually heard somebody, this, someone actually told me the other day that they're going to become a vegetarian. And I'm like, well, why? You like meat. Well, you know, we're going to get to the point we can't even buy meat. Um, and I'm, so, so then I, I, that's when I came up with, with it. You know, it just hit me that God created DoorDash. Um, and he did. If you go back to the Old Testament, actually, this is, and I've, I, I know I've said it many times in the pulpit, but it, I said it to, to this person that, you know what, if we can't buy or sell something, well, God will get it to us somehow. You know, we even have a precedent. We, we, we even see where, where God did that and he brought manna from heaven, but not, wasn't just manna from heaven. If you go up and read, there were quail just hanging around waiting for you to be, pick, be picked up to have meat on the table as well. It wasn't just me. So, so God provided, you know, and God will provide for us no matter what we're going through. So I can be okay in the middle of all kinds of tragedies and, and trials and tribulations. And, you know, I'm not worried about it. God's going to get me through it because that's my heavenly perspective. You know, I also think that, that God really loves me. And so he's going to make sure I get through this. But God really loves you too. He's going to make sure you get through that. And then the next question, well, how? That's not my problem. See, you have to realize that the how is not your problem. What you need to do is seek ye first the kingdom of God. Figure out, you know what? It doesn't matter. God's going to get me through this somehow. How's he going to do it, Craig? I, I don't know. The Bible says to ask him. The Bible says to believe. You know, the Bible says only believe all things are possible to them that believes. So basically, and my thing is only believe, drop the mic. That's all we have to do. You know, and, 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 and I get it. We go through situations, but the Bible says, you know, having done all, what do we do? We stand and we keep standing and we keep standing and we keep standing. You know, knowing that God's going to get us through our situation. One more thing here. It says, um, worldly happiness is hope in it. It being the thing you think will bring you happiness. 
Biblical, biblical joy is full of hope. I have hope. Every, every situation I go through, I'm coming out on top. Why? Because the greater one's on the inside of me. And um, if you don't know that, you got to get that. You know, I, I'm sure it wasn't fun for some of the things that Paul went through. All right? Obviously, you know, no one would want to have to go through those things. And some of us probably would have said, well, if this, is what, if this is God's plan for me, I don't want it. I mean, you know, all, he, he was writing all the New Testament during all these times whenever he was going through all this stuff. And, um, you know, really, if you'll think about what he was going through when he wrote some of the scriptures to you, you know, um, I mean, you, you know, think about that, then you, it'll change your perspective. I mean, it wasn't always easy going for the Apostle Paul. But you know what? He always had an awesome perspective. Going back to the Old Testament, here's, there's a few scriptures um, about having joy that, that I like. Um, Proverbs 17:22 says this, New King James, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. The Passion Translation says it this way, a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul, but the one who has, um, whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. You know, they have found out that just being happy helps you in life, makes you feel better. And in fact, you know, if you start getting sad and worried about situations, it can kill you. I mean, it's all going to be okay. In fact, they tell you if you're having a heart attack, the best thing you can do is relax. How how do you relax? I mean, you're having a heart attack because the greater one's on the inside of you. I mean, you know, it... You know, the, the thing about it is we get all worked up a lot of times, but a merry heart do us good like a medicine. You know, there's a biblical thing. Now, um, Nehemiah, we all know this one. Nehemiah 8.10 says this. Then uh, he, he said, go your way and eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for, for whom nothing is prepared. For the, day of, um, for the day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Um, But you know what? We have to stir that strength up sometimes. Sometimes we don't feel like being joyful. But the Bible says to count it all joy when you don't feel like it. It's an opportunity to have joy. You know, I've heard um, my grandfather tell stories um, about um, about my grandmother talking to him about different things, you know, so, you know, well, Kenneth, what are we going to do? And he would say, it's just another opportunity to believe God and show that our faith works. It's like it's another opportunity to have joy. You know, you have a choice. You can have joy or, or, or you can be upset, but it's a whole lot easier to have joy. You're like, well, how do you have joy in the middle of trials? Because you're not focused on trials. You're focused on, on, on the kingdom. You're focused on him. You're focused on the Lord. You're focused on, you know, what, see, what happens is if you have a natural perspective, the only thing you can focus on is what you're going through. But from a heavenly perspective, we should just focus on God. You know, um, back in the Old Testament, Proverbs, it, it says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. So you know what? I always like that scripture, lean not to your own understanding. Because some people always say, well, Craig, I, I, I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't know how we're going to do it. 
Well, the Bible says you don't have to know how. It doesn't, you, you don't have to understand how it's going to work. All you have to do is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, if you're trusting the Lord with all your heart, it means you don't have to tell him how to do it. You know what? I mean, you know, the Lord doesn't need your help. I, I know that you think he does. The Lord doesn't need your help. You know, he, 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 he knows what goes on. All you got to do is ask him. He, he doesn't need you to help him. You got to lean not to your own understanding. You know, it's really hard. The more education you have, the harder it is to lean to your own understanding. You know, if you go minister places where people are less educated, they don't have much trouble. They haven't been trained that, you know, differently. Now, now I blame our math teachers for this. This is our math, math teacher's problem. He said, Craig, why would a math teacher make me not lean to my own understanding? Because most of you probably knew if growing up, if you didn't, I'm sorry that you made it through school without knowing this. But most of the time in the back of, of your math book, there were answers to some of the questions, usually the odd questions. Now, not only did I know this and you know this, so did your teachers know this, you know, and um, they also know that you probably had a calculator at some point in time if you were my generation or, or younger, some of your older generation, maybe you didn't, you know, maybe you had a, was it abacus or something, you know. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, a slide ruler? Mom says she just had her head. <laughs> hey, well, you know, it is, it's, it's crazy anymore because used to, because I set for my CPA test and you couldn't have a calculator. Now you can't take a CPA test without a calculator. They won't let you. For me, they gave me like a bunch of paper and I had to longhand everything out there. Um, but anyway, because teachers know that the answer's in the back, they make sure you have to show your work. And by showing your work, so you, have to, so you have to understand how it is. Now, so the reason that, that the answer sometimes there, because sometimes if you have the answer, you can work it backwards and, 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 you know, and solve the problem. And, but because you are accustomed to always showing your work, you want to see the work. You want to know how, how is this going to work? Because that, or, or, or if you have a very scientific mind, it was always about, you know, how, the, how does this work? But whenever it comes with Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus is the answer, so we don't have to show the work. In fact, technically, if you have the answer, you don't have a problem. You just have the answer. And that's why we can count it on joy, because we have the answer in the middle of our problem. And it's just that easy. Now, I know our minds... And it's not just our mind. See, see, what happens is, is that Satan will try to tell our, our mind, like, um, this isn't going good. Well, Satan probably tried to tell Apostle Paul a lot it wasn't going good either whenever he was floating in the middle of, of the sea for, for a whole day. You know, there were many times it probably wasn't going good in the natural. But we're not looking for natural happiness. You know, like I said, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. I can be happy in the middle of the worst times. But we need to notify our face. There are a lot of Christians that if you hang around, 
I'm going to tell you, if I was a sinner and I hung around some Christians, I'm not saying anyone by name in this church, maybe some of you, if, if you're condemning yourself, that's not me, all right? But there is no condemnation through Christ Jesus. But anyway, there are, you know, if I was a sinner and I was to hang around some Christians or work with some Christians, I don't know if I'd want to be a Christian. <laughs> they don't act happy. I know that today this confesses, this is the day the Lord's going to make, that they're going to rejoice and be glad in it, all while they gripe and complain all day long. You know, I mean, there are a lot of people, and I mean, a Christian should be happy. Why wouldn't we not be happy? Do you realize there is no problem that we ever face that we can't get through? There is no problem. There's no situation. There's no circumstance. I mean, there's nothing that we're ever going to face that we, we can't get through. I mean, we have the greater one on the inside. Oh, I, guess I, I haven't got that scripture yet. But anyway, the greater one is on the inside of us. We're going to get through it every single time. Now, Paul says this in Philippians 4, 4. He says, um, the New Living Translation says this way, always be full of, of, of joy in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice. You know what? This is the guy that was beaten, shipwrecked, in prison, all this. He says, always be full of the joy of the Lord. And again, I say it, rejoice. See, rejoicing is having joy again. So maybe you had joy at one time. Now, here's the thing. Us Christians are real good at having joy when we come to service and people are shouting and running and dancing and whatever. We're not good at having joy when we're really facing circumstances and trials and tribulations. Now, we might say we are because we know what the Bible says. But you know what? There is saying the word and there's being a doer of the word. And most of us, we say we're a doer of the word, but we don't act like it when we're facing situations that, that seem hard, that seem, you know, difficult. But the Bible says to be joyful at all times. And when I'm, when, and then again, rejoice more. Now it says, and the passion says it this way, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow. Now, you know, a lot of people, I mean, if they have joy, it, it's just barely there. And it, it's not overflowing. They're not oozing joy out every time that they walk into a room. Uh, all right. I mean, you know, it says, it says, be cheerful with joyous celebrations in every season of life. Now, when you hear the word joyous celebration, you think something like Christmas time or, or Thanksgiving, you know, where, where we come together as a family and we're supposed to be happy, but we're together as a family, so maybe not. But anyway, um, you know, but the thing about it is just be joyous no matter what, no matter what you're going through. And, um, you know, you can actually be going through a tough situation and still keep a smile on your face. And, you know, you understand that your problems should not affect the people around you, in, you know, either. A lot of times we let our problems affect the, the way we walk, the way we do anything, you know, you know, because we're in a bad mood, we want to make everybody else in a bad mood. You know, your problem will work out if you, if you focus in on Jesus, if you really have the real joy of the Lord. And I think the, the biggest thing is, um, you know, is, like I said, stirring it up. The Bible also says casting down imagination because sometimes you're going to imagine that you're not going to get through this. That's what the devil's going to, the devil's going to try to tell you, you're not going to get through this. This is, this is the big one. 
This is the one that's going to destroy you. This, this, this is, you know, there, there's, there's no way. You might as well give up. You know, obviously my, my dad ha- has the motto, I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. I tell you what, if you'll just keep going on, if you decide that the de- there's, there's no devil in hell that can whip you, you're going to make it. You're going to get through it. So you might as well be joyful. You, you know what? It's a whole lot easier getting through it being happy than it is, you know, all upset and sad. Even if you make it through the situation, it's a whole lot be, you know, I mean, being happy is a whole lot better in life. You know, you, you have a, it, it, actually, if you want people to be around you, you probably should be happy. If you want to know why you don't have no friends, even on Facebook, I mean, you know, why you have like five friends on Facebook? Because people read your stuff and get depressed. <laughs> Who wants to be your friend? You got Jesus and nobody else. You know, maybe your family members, maybe one guy that feels sorry for you. So he, he, he didn't want to, but he, he actually did friend you on Facebook. But just don't talk to him because you might lose him as a friend. Um, I, I'm joking, but you know, sometimes it does seem that Christians, even Christians, um, you know, are not happy. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Brother Craig, you know, this has happened. That, you know, yeah, but Brother Bill, uh, not, not Pastor Bill, <laughs> but he's on a cruise anyway, right? <laughs> he, he, he's joyful, I guarantee you. <laughs> At least I would. You know, I'm tired of this cold weather. I'm ready for summer Bible seminar, not winter Bible seminar. It's supposed to be 60 this week, so um, amen. But it needs to be 60 and like stay. We need to, we need to you know, you know, like in my house, you can actually put the thought and you put the button, the hold button. You know, I want, I want it to hold at 60. Well, you know, well, it can be a little warmer, but I, I just don't want it. This 32 and below is no good. Yeah. I mean, the other day I left them Florida at 65 and showed up at 30 something with ice on the ground. I'm like, why did I leave Florida? Yeah. My grandfather taught me to stay. That's what we... That's what we did in the wintertime. We went to Florida. Because he even says, you know, birds are smart enough. They go south for the winter, so we should too. <laughs> anyway, once again, we should be letting our joy overflow. My joy overflows a whole lot more when it's 65 degrees. <laughs> but you know what? I can keep a good perspective, even though it's cold outside. Um, you know, I can just thank God I don't, I don't live in Minnesota. <laughs> You know, I, the other day I was praising God for global warming. Um, I was asking, God, bring that global warming. You know, let's get, get a little warmer here. Anyway, scripture I've actually referred to a number of times. First John 4, 4, New King James says this. We all know it. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he is in, who is in the world. 
I like the new living because it says this way, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. And I like this version because it says you have already won a victory. See, if you've already won a victory, there's no reason not to have joy. When people win victories, they have joy. When people are losers, they don't. I guess I should go this way. Um, you know, doesn't matter. You know, um, you know, if you're a loser, you're not going to have joy. But if you've already won a victory, there's, there's difference between fighting a battle and winning a victory. So the deal is you're, you think you're fighting a battle, but whenever you're in the Lord's kingdom, you've already won a victory. And if you've already won a victory, if you look at that from that perspective, it's so easy to count it all joy. It's so easy to have joy overflowing. It's so easy, even when you don't understand, well, I I don't know how it's going to work. I'm sure the Apostle Paul had a few times that he didn't know how it was going to work either. He was left for dead many times. But it all worked out. And in the end, it says, I finished my course with joy. He kept, he kept that biblical joy the whole way through. It didn't matter what's going on. It didn't matter the circumstances. It didn't matter that, that you know, who was in power, you know, as the king or the ruler of wherever he was. It didn't matter what's going on. He kept the joy. He did what God told him to do. You know, you know, sometimes people... I, you know, I, I know people have started a church and it seemed like, you know, Murphy's Law, every, anything that can go wrong goes wrong. And they say, well, God must not call me to start this church. Well, you realize the devil didn't want you to start the church either. So he's going to try to do everything he can to, to make sure that you don't do well. That's what he does. That's, that, that's his job. See, once you understand what the devil's job is, it's a whole lot easier to be happy no matter the devil's trying to do his job. Of course, you know, you can be like the lady that asked my, my grandfather, says, you know, Brother Hagen, will you pray with me that the devil will leave me alone? He says, you may pray you're going to die and go to heaven? Oh, no, I, I, I'm not ready to die and go to heaven. Well, well, once you go to heaven, the devil's not going to bother you anymore. But as long as you're down here, he's going to try to bother you. Now, I use the word try. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. But do you believe it? See, most people, don't, they don't believe he's going to flee, so he doesn't flee because they, they're just speaking something without, you know, believing it on the inside. And, and you know what? You have to realize that you've already won a victory. Even, even if you say, well, I, I don't see how. It doesn't look like I've already won. Well, see, you, you don't have the right perspective. See, Jesus Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago, went down, defeated Satan, took away, the, you know, the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Jesus won 2,000 years ago. And so um, if you don't see how it worked, wait till Easter, and we're going to celebrate that. All right? But when you celebrate that, remember, that's how it worked. Jesus won the the, the battle for you. And he's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's there all the time. And no matter what you're going through, consider an opportunity to keep great joy. So one day, whenever you're you know, breathing your final breath, you said, you know what? I finished my course 
with joy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for each and every person that's here in this room and each and every person that's watching online. Help us to every single day um, have, you know, have joy no matter what things are going through. And the next time any situation, any circumstances arise, help us to remember we have already won the victory. We have already won the battle. It's just another opportunity to believe God, another opportunity to have joy in that situation. And, and you know, Father, every time that we... Um, in our own mind, the devil tries to come and make us depressed, help us to understand, you know what? No, the greater one's on the inside of us. The greater one's on the inside of us, and we can make it. We can get through it. We can get through that situation. Father God, we just thank you for each and every one of them. But Father, we also thank you as we're here this morning. If there's anyone here that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they will not leave this place without the saving knowledge of him. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you'll just lift your hand, we want to pray with you. We want to make sure that you don't leave this place this morning without knowing Jesus. My grandfather always talked about having a no-so experience. You know, some people have been in church, but they've never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But you can have that no-so experience today. If that's you, lift your hand. We want to pray with you. If you've never been saved or you don't know whether you're saved or not, lift your hand. Or maybe you're here this morning and you say, Craig, um, I once was in Father's house, and but I want to come back and I want to rededicate my life to God. If that's you, lift your hand across this auditorium. We want to make sure that no one leaves this place without the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father God, I don't see any hands, but we thank you right now. If anyone is here that, that, that needs to, to be saved, we thank you, Father, for bringing labors across our path on a daily basis. We thank you, Father, for, for, for setting them free. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's all stand up. You wanna sing something? And you have given me a joy 